Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. is 11th 2022 don't even wait anymore for me to start hi everybody this is kt and this is the ask Susie. this is the kt will ask Susie for you anything (laughs) podcast and i'm in a great mood today because today is colo's birthday Birthday. how old is he today 44? 40, no, 42. We no, have, he what? No, it, he's 42. He's going to be 43. I told I you, I just looked it up. 79. He's going to be, he is today, 43. You just don't want him to grow up on 79. you. 79. And then Travis was born in 1997. Well, we're not getting into Travis now. No, 7997 is for me to remember Colo's birthday. Travis, just for all of you to know. Right, is her favorite my angel nephew. nephew. His, her no, angel. there's a story behind it which I'll share someday, but not today. But anyway, he's but, my angel nephew. But, KT, but we're talking about Colo's birthday. So wait, we have so many presents for him, but he can't have them yet. Yes, but he after is we do the, the only one that we buy presents for. Well, we buy him things that he needs, like. New oh, shoes. Yeah, sneakers. He wears out his sneakers. Shorts. Because he cuts um, his shorts with the knives that I he carries in his him, pockets. I bought him a huge package of disposable razors. I thought he you uses, were going to say disposable diapers. And I went, no, he's not that old. No, no, no. He doesn't need that. Disposable razors. He wanted, I don't know why, he used to shave with a straight edge. And I think it takes a really long time. And he probably... Maybe he's finding it just too time-consuming. Okay, so, let's wait, get... one last thing. What are just we doing? Wait, wait, Today's wait. a complicated just day. Just wait a second. So we asked him, what do you want for dinner tonight? And you know what he said? We said, we'll make you anything. anything. I thought he was going to say a big ribeye steak because he's the only steak eater now in the family. Meat yeah, eater. Meat eater. And, and guess what he asked for? He only wants one thing. A pepperoni pizza, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't eat I don't eat pizza, nor does Susie anymore, because it's gluten, and we don't eat pepperoni. No, I don't eat pepperoni, but I don't eat any dairy. I'll have a bite of that pizza, but without the pepperoni. I will want to have a bite of that pizza, but I don't eat any dairy. Susie's really gotten boring, but we still love her, and now. She's going to start one of the most complicated topics of them all. Katie, this is perfect for you. <laughs> Do not make a quizzy today. You have a quizzy. Oh, boy. Right? Okay. Because this is on inherited 
IRAs. Is now, it more complicated than my Roth? I have to tell you, it is. Oh, then, then what am I doing? I'm just going to ask questions. That's well, crazy. Well, you what else do you do? No quizzes. You wait, have to let what, me ease what, what into it. What does that mean? You're only going to ask questions. What else do you do? Give advice sometimes. <laughs> When you get a little slow, I step you, it up, step it up you, with some advice. You are just as feisty as could be this morning. How come? I'm telling you, I need another cup of coffee. Okay, let's do it. Let's she do just it. got another haircut, by the way. It's a little real bit ago. Short. It's real cute. And she it's keeps itching short. her head. It's because he puts product in and I didn't wash it out yet. But it it's very short, but it'll last me until probably Labor Day weekend. We're just in two weeks. Anyway, so before we begin, I just want everybody to know this podcast is mainly for people who have inherited an IRA from the year 2020 and on. If you did it before then, you don't have to worry about it. The old rules are still in place. You can still place. listen. You can listen. <laughs> but it doesn't apply to you. So And you we're should feel learn- lucky that it doesn't. Yeah, it's complicated, but we're going to make it as easy to understand as no, possible. I'm Wait, that's why I'm here. Make it that's as why easy. <laughs> at, like, all that's right, why I'm on. here. I'm going to keep Susie on the straight and narrow and not let her get too like I've ever been straight get a deep, and narrow. But that's besides the point. <laughs> okay, are we ready? Susie, here's the first question: If a spouse inherits a traditional IRA or 401k, is it advisable to keep that money separate? from their own, or is it best to combine with their own traditional IRA or 401k so there is just one of that type of account? What would you tell them, KT? No, can't do that. Why not? Because I think that it's different. Yours is yours and you inherited this. So you have to I never mind. It. Let me just answer it okay. for everybody. All right. Because when I did do the inherited retirement accounts, I really didn't address spouses in detail. KT, I'd like you to give me a little bit of time to really tell them what they need to know, okay? So this isn't a fast podcast. This is a detailed podcast today. Are you willing to let me do that? Go for it. Yes, of course. I want you to tell everyone what they need to know and not anything else. (laughs) And not a minute more. All right. So if you are a spouse and you inherited a traditional retirement account, meaning that taxes have never been paid on it, you actually have three choices. The first choice is that you could remain a beneficiary of the IRA that you inherited, which means you just leave everything as it is, and you have what is known as a beneficiary IRA. Now, the question is, why would you do this? Because required minimum distributions will be based on the age of your deceased spouse. So let's just say your deceased spouse was younger than you, They were maybe 65 when they died, and you're actually 70 or 72 or even older. If you did this where you remained as a beneficiary IRA, then the RMDs from this account would be based on your deceased spouse's age, and you could, if you wanted to, wait till they would have turned 72, and you wouldn't have to withdraw money from this at all till then. 
Did that make sense, KT? It did. What's the second choice? No, it's not the second choice. The next question, KT, you would want to ask would be, why would you not want to do this first choice where you remain a beneficiary of the IRA? Listen closely. If your spouse was older than you, then they let's say they were already 72 or older and they're already taking RMDs, which are what, KT? Required minimum distribution. Right. And let's just say you were 65 and you don't want you don't want to have to take RMDs, then you would have to continue to take RMDs based on their life expectancy. So let's say you didn't need the money or you didn't want to take it right now, you wouldn't want to do a beneficiary IRA. Now, the second choice you have is to become the owner of the IRA. And this is something that only spouses can do. Now, why would you want to do this? Because future RMDs will be based on your life expectancy, and you won't have to begin them until you're 72. So let's say you're younger than your deceased spouse, and you don't need the income, and you want to postpone taking money out of the IRA as long as possible, which would be at the age of when you turn 72, then you would want to become the owner of the IRA. Why would you not want to do this? Simply because you are younger than 59 and a half and you want to take money out of the IRA to live on. So if you do this and you take money out, you'll have to pay ordinary income tax on it, but you won't have to pay a 10% penalty tax. So all of you might want to listen to that again to make sure you understand the difference. Third, you can roll over the inherited IRA into an existing IRA. So now why would you do this? Because you're over 59 and a half, you have an IRA in your name that you like, and you just want everything in one place. And why would you not want to do this? For if you are younger than 59 and a half, You will pay a 10% penalty tax and ordinary income tax if you need to access this money before you turn 59 and a half. So that's really actually all they need to know. But those are the three different ways. And you should all make sure you understand the difference. Which one do you like the most? It depends, KT, on the age of the person, the age of the spouse that died, Do they have income needs? Do they not? So they need to know, the spouse needs to know the difference between those three. Okay, the next one, next question is, Susie, thanks for the great info. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if there's any difference in the mandatory withdrawal rules if a trust was the beneficiary. What do you think? (laughs) This isn't funny, this topic. Well, why are you making me laugh? I don't know, but your eyes are running. You're laughing. Can you wipe your eyes? (laughs) She's laughing at me. I'm trying, everybody. I'm trying my best. This serious topic of inherited IRAs. Anyway, KT, this is also a little bit of a long answer. But but it's a good question. Yeah. Are the mandatory withdrawal rules in effect if a trust is the beneficiary? I heard that. Okay, go for it. All right, now. So 
The answer to that question is that in many cases, a trust has to withdraw everything in at least five years. You don't usually have the 10 years that you have to take that you have to take it out, even if you're taking required minimum distributions. However, the trust really has to be set up correctly. It has to be what's known as something called like a see-through trust or a look-through trust, right? And a copy of the trust must be provided to the trust administrator no later than October 31st, following the death of the owner. And I can go on and on. Then it goes into a conduit trust or an accumulation trust. So here's the bottom line, everybody. If you are going to leave, a trust as your beneficiary, you better check with an estate lawyer that the trust is set up exactly the way it needs to be so that it can go on for 10 years rather than just five years. Is mine like that? We don't have a trust as our beneficiary. Okay. I hate to tell you, I'm your beneficiary. All right, but I have a trust. Isn't my IRA in my trust? No. It's not? No. You know the answer to this question. You cannot own an IRA in a trust, because why? What does an IRA stand for? Individual retirement account. Shake your head. Shake it, shake it, shake, shake it, shake it, baby. Shake it, shake it. All right. Okay, next question. I'm 64, and I just inherited an IRA. Can it be don I like this question. Can it be donated to charity to avoid paying taxes? And will that qualify for an RMD? Well, KT, I think in this situation, I think what this person is talking about is something known as a qualified charitable distribution. I don't think this person means they want to give the entire inherited IRA to charity because they asked about the RMD. So that means they probably just wanted to give a specific amount of money in one year to offset the taxes of the RMD. Now, a qualified charitable distribution, which is known as a QCD, is this. This is where if you are at least 70 and a half years of age, you can then give some of the money up to a maximum of $100,000 a year as a charitable deduction, so to some charity, okay? So you can do that. Will it also qualify for the RMD? Yep, it will. But you just need to know, you have to be 70 and a half years of age or older to do this, and the maximum you can do per year is $100,000. Next one, KT. Can I move an inherited Roth IRA from my mom into my own Roth IRA? No, you cannot. Next question, KT. I inherited a Roth IRA. Do I have to take RMDs like a traditional IRA under the SECURE Act? No, you don't. However, you do have to wipe it clean within 10 years. So most people who have a Roth IRA that they've inherited, because when they take it out, it's tax-free to them, they usually leave it in there as long as possible. Remember, Roth IRAs do not have RMDs, so you get out of them even when it's an inherited IRA. Oh, that's, that's another good reason for the Roth. Oh my God, my, there's so many good reasons for your Roth, baby. Roth. 
So Susie, this next question is, is an interesting one. My wife is the beneficiary of a traditional IRA owned by her sister who died this year. Did I hear you say that because my wife is not more than 10 years younger than her deceased sister, that she does not have to take it out in 10 years? What do you think, Katie? Yeah, you did say that, and it's true. That's my girl. So Katie and everybody else, besides a spouse having special privileges, there's something known as eligible designated beneficiaries, or what's called EGBs. So let's just say that you have a minor child or a beneficiary that is no more than 10 years younger than the person who left them the IRA or the beneficiary is either chronically ill or disabled, they get to follow the rules prior to 2020 Mm. so they can stretch it out over their lifetime. However, you have to know this, everybody. If you have a minor child, it's got to be your child. It can't be a grandchild. So this will only apply to the deceased IRA owner's children if they are the beneficiaries of the IRA. Okay, go on. So this next question, I do not have any traditional IRAs. I do a backdoor Roth every year. However, I just inherited a traditional IRA. Will this count towards the pro rata rule? No, it will not. Good. All right. And for those of you who don't know what the pro rata rule is, rata. Oh, pro rata. All right. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, listen to a past podcast that if you're ever thinking about doing a backdoor Roth IRA, you better know about the pro rata rule. Okay, go on. So Susie, the next question's from RJ. I thought that if the deceased person had not yet taken an RMD, if they were less than 72 years old, the person who inherited the IRA does not need to take an RMD each year, but needs to empty the account in 10 years. Is that correct? That is correct, RJ. You did good. Ding, 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 ding. However, if the deceased person started- Wait, is this from RJ again? Yeah, huh? Yeah. All right. Is he, he keeps going on. <laughs> now ready part two of RJ. However, if the deceased person started taking an RMD, the person who inherited the IRA must also take an RMD each year, assuming based on the life expectancy of the person who inherited the IRA. Am I correct? Yes, that's also correct, RJ. However, it's only correct if the interpretation of the SECURE Act from February 2022 this year holds. If they change it by the end of this year, then that might not be correct. So everybody, let's wait till the end of this year to see really how inherited IRAs work. Next question. Okay, so I'm a little confused. She keeps talking about life expectancy. <laughs> so I there mean, are who knows how long we're going to live. The IRS. Okay, so they determine. They have what's called life expectancy table. All right. And what's crazy? Who's, who's well, you want to hear what's number. Even, You want to hear what's even crazier? Yeah. yeah is that <clears throat> prior to 2022? They had what's called the old life expectancy table. So if somebody died in 2020 
and you needed to figure out their RMD, the way that it would be done is you would look at what the balance of the IRA was at, at the end of December 31st, 2020. Mm -hmm. You would then look up what the life expectancy would be on the old life expectancy table. And they would tell you based on whatever age you happen to be, and they would tell you what that would be. And then you would be able to figure out, you would take that number and divide it into the amount of money that was left there. And you have to do that every year. However, in 2022, they have what's called a new life expectancy table. So you all better check with the CPA because I'm telling you, it is incredibly complicated to figure out how much money you actually should be withdrawing, especially if somebody died in 2020. That's why they're doing it. The other thing everybody should know, really, KT, is that spouses who roll over an IRA into their own account, they should use the IRS Uniform Lifetime Table to calculate their RMD. Mm. If the spouse becomes the owner of the IRA, then they use the IRS Single Life Expectancy Table. And if the spouse remains as a beneficiary of the IRA, the IRS single life expectancy table is also used, but for the deceased age. So that's used for the calculation. So that's another thing that you should all know if you are a spouse, right? But non-spouse beneficiaries always use the IRS single life table. And you can just look them up. Was that your last question? There's just one more here. One more to end it with that, and it's kind of a good question. If my father did not designate a beneficiary uh, on his IRA, what the heck happens? Then they have to take it out once they figure out who the beneficiaries are going to be, because um, it goes to the estate, maybe at a will, but it's then going to have to be taken out, KT, in a five year period of time. Everybody, you've got to get all of this. Um, what you want to do with your money straight. Yeah, it's really and, hard. And there's a lot of blended families out there that really get yeah, messed it, you up. you got to get so this together. You've got to really look into this and just get it down on paper and organize it. All right, so KT, we're done only because, do you have any more for me? No, that's enough, Susie, enough <laughs> information. But I'm glad I asked you about you know, this um, life expectancy business and who figures that out. KT, you're not getting out of this without a quizzy. Okay, go for it. Make it easy. This one's from Michelle Pola, all mm-hmm. right? And Michelle, you know, has many questions, but basically here are her two questions for your quizzy. How much, now think about everything we just talked about. Katie is sitting here swatting at a fly or a little bug. It's like a little fruit fly. Okay, go ahead. Ask me Michelle's question. Is it aggravating you? No, go go for it. Michelle, what do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know why she's swatting all over the place here. All right. How much do I have to withdraw from my father's inherited IRA? Is the RMD my father was withdrawing when he was alive the same RMD for inherited accounts? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> is that wrong? It is so wrong. Have you not been listening to I me? I did listen to it, but no, I thought I you just keep you- going. It's like 10%, but I thought you just keep no, going. No, it's based on the beneficiary's age. 
not on the father's age, right? We're talking oh, about- Oh, yeah, because she's it, younger it's than It's not her. a spousal account. It's, it's a, a daddy. All right, I, I didn't get that, Michelle, right. but it was your daddy. All, All right. right. You better listen okay, to me. I wasn't paying attention. You, I was figuring that was just your spouse. And if it was the spouse, you continue it, right? That depends on their age. Uh-huh. All right. Younger or older. Next, Michelle wants to know, can she put a traditional inherited IRA, can she convert it and put it into her Roth? Yes. Positive? Yes. <clears throat> Wait, that was one of the three choices right up front. No, it wasn't. You are dreaming, girlfriend. You cannot put an inherited IRA into a Roth. Oh, unless, okay. wait, sorry, Roth. No, see, Roth. you aren't listening. Now, if a spouse if it, takes ownership of the inherited IRA, the spouse can then do a conversion to a Roth if they want to. This is still her father. KT? Her father. You're killing me here. You're killing me here. Is she okay. killing all of you? All right, wait, let me see that. No, it's too late. You got to. <clears throat> okay. You didn't even come close to a ding, ding, ding. All right, everybody. Obviously, we'll be doing more answers to your questions on inherited IRAs. I'm not sure this helped you, but I have a feeling that it may have, especially if you listen to it over and over again. Nothing else. You can always laugh. With Katie and, and me. And I told Susie, I'm going to definitely die before her so I don't have to figure this out. <laughs> you have to figure it out. But Katie. Because you're going to inherit all of mine. But who cares? There's really only one thing that we want you to remember when it comes to your money. And what is that, Miss Travis? Stay safe. Strong. Strong and secure and Smart Everybody, and smart. And sm oh, you want to add four? No, three. Safe, strong, I've been adding secure. Four. Susie's the only one smart in this room today <laughs> in the studio. And with that, I'll see you on Sunday. Happy birthday, Cola. We We're going to have a you, party. Cola. Party, Where party, is party, he? party. Do you think he's up yet? No. Let's go wake him up. Okay. Actually, we never go in his room till he comes out. So okay. We hope we'll just make noise and hopefully he'll come out. Happy birthday. All right, birthday. everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed 
by Hay House.